Chapter Three, Part One of a Short Account of the History of Mathematics. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King, pjk.scripps.mit.edu forward slash pkj. A short account of the history of mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. Chapter 3. The Schools of Athens and Cyzicus, circa 420 B.C. to 300 B.C. Part 1. It was towards the close of the 5th century before Christ that Athens first became the chief centre of mathematical studies. Several causes conspired to bring this about. During that century she had become, partly by commerce, partly by appropriating for her own purposes the contributions of her allies, the most wealthy city in Greece. And the genius of her statesmen had made her the centre on which the politics of the peninsula turned. Moreover, what states disputed her claim to political supremacy, her intellectual preeminence was admitted by all. There was no school of thought which had not at some time that century been represented at Athens by one or more of its leading thinkers, and the ideas of the new science, which was being so eagerly studied in Asia Minor and Gratia Magna, had been brought before the Athenians on various occasions. Anaxagoras among the most important of the philosophers who resided at Athens and prepared the way for the Athenian school, I may mention Anaxagoras of Clesomene, who was almost the last philosopher of the Ionian school. He was born in 500 BC and died in 428 BC. He seems to have settled in Athens about 440 BC and there taught the results of the Ionian philosophy. Like all members of that school, he was much interested in astronomy. He asserted that the sun was larger than the Peloponnesus. This opinion, together with some attempts he had made to explain various physical phenomena which had been previously supposed to be due to the direct action of the gods, led to a prosecution for impiety, and he was convicted. While in prison, he is said to have written a treatise on the quadrature of the circle. The sophists can hardly be considered as belonging to the Athenian school any more than Anaxagoras can, but like him, they immediately proceeded and prepared the way for it, so that it is desirable to devote a few words to them. One condition for success in public life at Athens was the power of speaking well, and as the wealth and power of the city increased, a considerable number of sophists settled there who undertook amongst other things to teach the part of oratory many of them also directed the general education of their pupils of which geometry usually formed a part we are told that two of those who are usually termed sophists made a special study of geometry these were hippias of elis and antipho and one made a special study of astronomy and that was meton after whom the metonic cycle is named the first of these geometricians, Hippias of Elis, circa 420 BC, is described as an expert arithmetician, but he is best known to us through his invention of a curve called the quadratics, 
by means of which an angle could be trisected or indeed divided in any given ratio if the radius of a circle rotate uniformly around the centre o from a position o a through a right angle o b and in the same time a straight line drawn perpendicular to o b move uniform uniformly parallel to itself from the position o a to b c the locus of their intersection will be the quadratics let o r and m q be the positions of these lines at any time let them cut in p a point on the curve then angle the ratio angle a o p to angle a o b will equal the ratio o m to o b similarly if o r prime be another position of the radius then the ratio of angle AOP prime to angle AOB will equal the ratio OM prime to OB. Therefore, angle AOP to angle AOP prime will equal the ratio OM to OM prime. Therefore, angle AOP prime to angle P prime OP will equal the ratio OM prime to M prime M. Hence, if the angle AOP be given and it be required to divide any given ratio, it is sufficient to divide OM in that ratio at M prime and draw the line M prime P prime and then OP prime will divide AOP in the required ratio. If OA be taken as the initial line OP equals R, the angle AOP equals theta and OA equals A then we have the ratio theta to half pi will be equal to the ratio r sine pi to a and the equation of the curve is pi r equals two a theta times cosecant theta hippias devised an instrument to construct the curve mechanically but constructions which involved the use of any mathematical instruments except a ruler and a pair of compasses were objected to by plato and rejected by most geometricians of a subsequent date antipho the second sophist whom i mentioned was antipho circa 420 b c he is one of very few writers among the ancients who attempted to find the area of a circle by considering it as the limit of an inscribed regular polygon with an infinite number of sides he began by inscribing an equilateral triangle on each side in the smaller segment he inscribed an isosceles triangle and so on ad infinitum Bryso another mathematician probably about the same time who attacked the quadrature problem in a similar way to that used by antipho was bryso of heraclea who seems to have been a pythagorean see above page thirty one it is said that he began by inscribing and circumscribing squares and finally obtained polygons between whose areas the area of the circle lay it is possible but not probable that for some time he taught at athens no doubt there were other cities in greece where similar and equally meritorious work was being done though the record of it has now been lost 
i have mentioned the investigations of these writers partly in order to give the idea of the kind of work of which was then going on all over greece but chiefly because they were the immediate predecessors of those who created the athenian school the history of the athenian school begins with the teaching of hippocrates about four hundred twenty b c the school was established on a permanent basis by the labours of plato and eudoxus and together with the neighbouring school of Cyzicus, continued to extend on the lines laid down by these three geometricians until the foundation about three hundred b c of the new university at alexandria drew most of the talent of greece thither eudoxus was among the most distinguished of the athenian mathematicians and it is also reckoned as the founder of the school of Cyzicus. the connection between this school and that of athens was very close and it is now impossible to disentangle their histories it is said that hippocrates plato and thetatus belonged to the athenian school while eudoxus menechmus and aristetus belonged to that of Cyzicus. there was always a constant intercourse between the two schools the earliest members of both had been under the influence either of architas or of his pupil theodorus of cyrene and there was no difference in their treatment of the subject so that they may be conveniently treated together before discussing the work of the geometricians of these schools in detail i may note that they were especially interested in three problems namely one the duplication of a cube that is the determination of the side of a cube whose volume is double that of a given cube and two the trisection of an angle and three the squaring of a circle that is the determination of a square whose area is equal to that of a given circle now the first two of these problems considered analytically require the solution of a cubic equation and since a construction by means of circles whose equations are of the form x squared plus y squared plus ax plus by plus c equals zero and straight lines whose equations are of the form alpha x plus beta y plus gamma equals zero cannot be equivalent to the solution of a cubic equation the problems are insoluble if our constructions we restrict ourselves to the use of circles and straight lines i e euclidean geometry if the use of conic sections be permitted both of these questions can be solved in many ways the third problem is equivalent to finding a rectangle whose sides are equal respectively to the radius and to the semi-perimeter of the circle these lines have been long known to be incommensurable but it is only recently that it has been shewn by lindemann that the ratio cannot be the root of a rational algebraic equation hence this problem is also insoluble by euclidean geometry the athenians and Cyzicians were thus destined to fail in all three problems but the attempts to solve them led to the discovery of many new theorems and processes besides attacking these problems the later platonic school collected all the geometrical theorems then known and arranged them systematically these collections comprise the bulk of the propositions in euclid's elements books one to nine eleven and twelve 
together with some of the more elementary theorems in conic sections. Hippocrates Hippocrates of Chios, who must be carefully distinguished from his contemporary Hippocrates of Kos, the celebrated physician, was one of the greatest of the Greek geometricians. He was born about 470 BC at Chios, and began life as a merchant. The accounts differ as to whether he was swindled by the Athenian custom house officials who were stationed at the Cherasones, or whether one of his vessels was captured by an Athenian pirate near Byzantium. But at any rate, somewhere about 430 BC, he came to Athens to try to recover his property in the law courts. A foreigner was not likely to succeed in such a case, and the Athenians seemed only to have laughed at him for his simplicity, first in allowing himself to be cheated, and then in hoping to recover his money. While prosecuting his cause, he attended the lectures of various philosophers, and finally, in all probability to earn a livelihood, opened a school of geometry himself. He seems to have been well acquainted with the Pythagorean philosophy, though there is no sufficient authority for the statement that he was ever initiated as a Pythagorean. He wrote the first elementary textbook of geometry, a textbook on which Euclid's Elements was probably founded and therefore he may be said to have sketched out the lines on which geometry is still taught in English schools. It is supposed that the use of letters and diagrams to describe a figure was made by him or introduced about his time, as he employs expressions such as the point on which the letter A stands, and the line on which AB is marked. Cantor, however, thinks that the Pythagoreans had previously been accustomed to represent the five vertices of the pentagram star by the letters Upsilon, Gamma, Iota, Theta, Alpha, see above, page 21. And though this was a single instance, they may perhaps have used the method generally. The Indian geometers have never employed letters to aid them in the description of their figures. Hippocrates also denoted the square on a line with the word venoms, and thus gave the technical meaning to the word power, which it still retains in algebra. There is reason to think that this use of the word was derived from the Pythagoreans, who are said to have enunciated the result of the preposition proposition as Euclid 147, in the form that the total power of the sides of a right-angled triangle is the same as that of the hypotenuse. In this textbook, Hippocrates introduced the method of reducing one theorem to another, which being proved, the thing proposed necessarily follows, of which plan the reductio ad absurdum is a particular case. No doubt the principle had been used occasionally before, but he drew attention to it as a legitimate mode of proof which was capable of numerous applications he may be said to have introduced the geometry of the circle. He discovered that similar segments of a circle contain equal angles, that the angle subtended by the chord of a circle is greater than, equal to, or less than a right angle as a segment of the circle containing it is less than, equal to, or greater than a semicircle, Euclid 331, and probably several other of the propositions in the third book of Euclid. 
it is most likely that he also enunciated the propositions that similar circles are to one another as the squares of their diameters and that similar segments are as the square of the chords the proof given in euclid of the first of these theorems is believed to be due to hippocrates but the latter mathematician does not seem to have realized that all circles were similar the most celebrated discoveries of hippocrates were however in connection with the quadrature of the circle and the duplication of the cube and it was owing to his influence that these problems played such a prominent part in the history of the athenian school the following propositions will sufficiently illustrate the method by which he attacked the quadrature problem alpha he commenced by finding the area of a loon contained between the semicircle of a quadrantal arc standing on the same chord this he did as follows let abc be an isosceles right angle triangle inscribed in the semicircle aboc whose center is o on ab and ac as diameters describes semicircles as in the figure then since bc squared equals ac squared plus ab squared euclid 147 therefore by euclid 12 2 the area of a half circle on bc equals the sum of the areas of the half circles on ac and ab take away the common parts therefore area of triangle abc equals the sum of the areas of loons aecd and afbg hence the area of the loon aecd is equal to half of that of the triangle abc he next inscribed half a regular hexagon abcd in a semicircle whose center was o and on oa ab bc and cd as diameters described semicircles of which those on oa and ab are drawn in the figure then ad is double any of the lines oa ab bc and cd therefore ad squared equals oa squared plus ab squared plus bc squared plus cd squared therefore area of half circle abcd equals the sum of the areas of the half circles on oa ab bc and cd take away the common parts therefore the area of the trapezium abcd equals three multiplied by the loon aebf plus half circle on oa if therefore the area of this latter loon be known so is that of the semicircle described on oa as diameter according to simplicius hippocrates assumed that the area of this loon was the same as the area of the loon found in proposition alpha if this be so he was of course mistaken as in the case he is dealing with a loon contained between a semicircle and a sextantal arc standing on the same chord but it seems probable that simplicius misunderstood hippocrates hippocrates also enunciated various other theorems which connected with loons which have been collected by brechneider and elman of which theorem last given is a typical example i believe they are the earliest instances in which areas bounded by curves were determined by geometry the other problem to which hippocrates turned his attention 
with the duplication of the cube, that is, the determination of the side of a cube whose volume is double that of a given cube. This problem was known in ancient times as the Delian problem, a consequence of a legend that the Delians had consulted Plato on the subject. In one form of the story, which is related by Philoponus, it is asserted that the Athenians in 430 BC, when suffering from the plague of erupted typhoid fever, consulted the oracle at Delos as to how they could stop it. Apollo replied, they must double the size of his altar, which was in the form of a cube. To the unlearned suppliants nothing seemed more easy, and a new altar was constructed, either having each of its edges doubled that of the old one, for which it followed the volume was increased eightfold, or by placing a similar cubic altar next to the old one. Whereupon, according to the legend, the indignant god made the pestilence worse than before, and informed a fresh deputation that it was useless to trifle with him, as his new altar must be a cube and have a volume exactly double that of his old one. Suspecting a mystery, the Athenians applied to Plato, who referred them to the geometricians, and especially to Euclid who had made a special study of the problem. The introduction of the names of Plato and Euclid is an obvious anachronism. Eratosthenes gives a somewhat similar account of its origin, but with King Minos as the propounder of the problem. Hippocrates reduced the problem of duplicating the cube to that of finding two means between one straight line alpha and another twice as long two alpha. If these means be x and y, we have a is to x as x is to y as y is to 2 alpha, from which it follows that x cubed equals 2a cubed. It is in this form that the problem is always presented now. Formally, any process of solution by finding these means was called a misolabum. Hippocrates did not succeed in finding a construction for these means. End of chapter 3, part 1.